This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... Gratuitous sex and violence. What do you think? Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, everybody. (laughs) Hello, hello. Happy holiday weekend. And it couldn't have come too soon. I feel like, like we have been waiting for any kind of holiday weekend just to get a long weekend. Absolutely. Although I'm going to have nothing but long weekends <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> Don't rub it in. Not all of us can be as lucky as to be yes. currently, you know, laid off and being able to just <laughs> do the luxury life of just calling up people and interviewing new and fabulous guests for yes. the high regard now, which is... Yeah, since I have nothing but free time, I've like lined up a shit ton of interviews for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, it's like I'm so. I'm gonna we... need a job just to have a break. Well, I was gonna say the high regard show now is your full time job. It is my full time job. And between the pay and the benefits, I would say it might be the worst job you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's close. It's got to be up there. It's really got to be up there. I mean, all the other perks are fantastic. Like you could just wear pajamas to work, which you usually do. When working for the High Regard show. Absolutely. Um, you know, what else? You can... I go braless, I'll admit it. Yeah, well, I mean, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way we can tip Not a little that... less when the food delivery guy comes. <laughs> Not that anybody would notice, of course, but... <laughs> yeah, maybe for you, but whatever. <laughs> what does she have, two small apples? <laughs> <laughs> what is she smuggling out of here? <laughs> So, so your job status has changed to full-time, like, co-creator. You slacker, didn't you? I did not change. I was going to say student, and then I was like, that's not the right word. You're not a student of the High Regard Show. I'm going to take some Linda classes. Although you are a student when it comes to using the microphone still sometimes. we This is take two of this week's show, and Tom had a meltdown because I screwed up the microphone. That's because you're still whispering into <laughs> it. <and> people, <laughs> 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 it's like, serious. we are four weeks away from our one-year show. And still, like every week, I feel like, you know how like, like sometimes like, you know, you have the Islanders when they used to be like in the Nassau Coliseum, they would come out on the ice and they would all like hit a sign above a door. And that's like a normal thing for sports teams. Like we don't have a sign above a door. I have a microphone. So So you just start off every show with just like talking not into the microphone. And then I have to reprimand you for it. And then once that's done. And then you get testy and then it like causes a rift but then you know what it's like it's like like the movies we've been watching like crank and crank too high voltage where i just we need that sick. jolt of adrenaline and then it's like and then we can have a decent show there you go see i'm so it's me basically let giving you the momentum to get your game face on so you're welcome 
it's also the momentum that makes me want to take a Xanax at the end of every show <laughs> before I start editing it. Hey, man, it's your life. <laughs> Whatever, Do what man. you want to. <laughs> I want to be home, too. That's what I want to. <laughs> you can't. You're the breadwinner now. <laughs> oh, great. How stereotypical of you, Nikki. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Luckily, this week, we do have a guest. We do, Tom. And as you mentioned, we will have a lot more guests coming yes. up. <laughs> like, we have a lot of guests coming up. But before we get to all of them, and before we get to even this week's guest. What? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we go into this week's yard? This week's You Heard, Tom, comes to us from University Place between 8th and 9th Street down in Greenwich Village. I know it. I know you do. All right. I overheard this young gentleman. Mm -hmm. He looked about like 22 to 25, walking with a group of friends, and he said, I miss planting my mums. I think I know him. (laughs) (laughs) And that, my dear, is this week's You Heard. You know, I gotta say. What? The first nine minutes of the last show we recorded... Not nearly as good as this one. Because we're charming now. Like, we've gotten that out of the way, and there's pressure. Like, there's pressure to doing a show, and then I feel like we have our blow-up after you hit stop record. Always, after always. you hit stop, we have our little blow-up, and there's yelling. Just for a second, because we don't really fight. And then we just move on, and then it's like, look, we're having a conversation now. And and from that conversation is spawn this great material. And speaking of great material, why don't you talk about this week's guest? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could see you're ill prepared. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm not ill prepared. I'm ready. All right. So this week's guest is Colin Waite, yes. who is the creator who who wrote and directed From Cold Lake, which is a monthly serialized radio play that's set in the fictional town of Cold Lake, Minnesota. What what is a radio play? Like, how's a radio play work? Like, it's basically just like a play that's recorded for, like, radio, like War of the Worlds or, you know, like a Garrison Keillor kind of... Um, like Golden Age of Radio. Yes, The yes. Golden Age. Yes, like, where, like, people didn't have TVs, so, like, they would listen to these, like, you know how, like, our parents probably listened to... Like, I think my mom was, like, into, like, the Lone Ranger on the radio, where, like, you would listen to it, and you would hear... Like, what's happening, and you would get this picture of, like, what's happening in your stage, and they use, like, sounds and things like that, but, like, Like, it's, coconuts banging together, and it sounds like Tonto's, like, riding together. his horse, and they have, like, you know, people, like, slapping pieces of wood together that sounds something like gunshots like from, like... Something like that. All right, I got something you. Like I, I know the one you're talking about now. Yeah, so this is set in, like, the fictional town of Cold Lake, Minnesota. Colin... Present day? <laughs> Jesus Christ. How come every time I ask you a question, I feel like you look at me as if you're on Jeopardy? <laughs> if I was on Jeopardy, I would be so much more prepared. You want me to, you want me to like, lob them in for I you? I do. I, I want softball questions. Okay, very well. 
But yes, it's set in this fictional town, and Colin grew up in Minnesota, and while he does say that this is not based on anybody that he knows, I'm sure that like some of the characters were, you know, slightly informed by people that he knows, because... Honestly, nothing is greater fodder than, like, small-town America. Let me tell you. There is nothing that I have ever wrote or thought about that was not based on somebody I know. Absolutely. Even my dreams. When I dream that the big wave is just going to come and kill us all on this small island of Manhattan, don't think that I don't have a list of people that I am hoping are standing on the shore when that thing comes. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Whatever. (laughs) So... Anyway, so From Cold Lake is being performed, excuse me, I'm sorry, is being performed at the Pit Loft on West 29th Street in New York, mm. and it's taking place, it, the first one was held in August, the second one is going to be held September 12th at 7.30 and 9 p.m., and it's called September, oddly mm. enough, and then it'll take place in October, November, December, and January, so it's six installments of From Cold Lake. So why don't we... Go to Colin, and let's find out more about this play. Yes, roll that fabulous bean footage. Okay, Colin, hello. Hello. Hi, thanks so much for speaking with the High Regard Show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you just held the very first installment of the monthly episodic live radio show from Cold Lake. How was that response? And, you know, how was opening night for you? It was great. I mean, it was crazy because it's it's a show with a lot of moving parts. There is the cast doing their thing. There is live music, which um, kind of punctuates the night. And then there is a whole soundscape. So it was a lot of wondering how this is all going to come together. And it actually came together really, really well in a way that I think none of us quite imagined it would be for the first time that it happened. It was, it was kind of insane, actually. Oh, that's great. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what inspired it and how you decided to present it as a radio show? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, I'm from central Minnesota, and uh, I've always been kind of fascinated by like life in a small town, people living small lives. And I think, you know, as I've lived in other parts of the country and other parts of the world, I've like realized that that even if like everyone's version of small town life is very specific to them, there's something kind of strangely universal about what it means to kind of be that isolated. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was interested in, in writing something about that and, uh, the radio idea came about because well, I've done a few short pieces, like kind of 10-minute plays for various nights throughout the city. And uh, Steve, uh, my producer, was like, you know, there's, there's something to figuring out how these might work together or kind of exist as vignettes and mm-hmm. seeing what that means. And he had suggested radio just because you can go to a lot of different places and Right. Uh, in a way that you can't necessarily on stage. We can go to like 12 different locations in the course of a half an hour, ranging from the front yard of a house to an open mic night at the bar slash bait shop to some guys fishing out on the lake <laughs> and, and fully realize that in, uh, in an aural sort of way. 
so I set to work and came up with this kind of weird and wonderful little pilot set in this fake town called Cold Lake. And how much of it is based on, you know, the experience you had growing up in a place like that? I mean, it's all completely fictional. I mean, there, there there's some things <laughs> like, um, yeah, like, like, seriously, I've, my, my, my mother thinks that, like, I've written about, like, growing up at home and I'm like, mom, like, but, like, everyone in this is, like, <laughs> delightful but crazy and not representative <laughs> of anyone we know. So, you know like, don't go into it thinking that it's about you because you'll be like, oh, is that how I am? Because it's not. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I suppose the most true-to-life things are um, they're kind of some expressions and cadences that get used. And um, there's, a, there's this kind of idea called Minnesota Nice um, which means that everyone's very friendly, but it also means that in order for people to be friendly, they're not necessarily um, saying what they actually think. So there's quite a bit of subtext oh. that goes into it. Some some people consider it to be kind of like passive aggression, and I, I mean, sometimes it might veer toward that. I don't think that by default people are uh, passively aggressive in Minnesota, but there's, I think, a lot of comedic mileage that can come out of um, people very clearly holding their tongues or changing the subject yeah. in a creative way or commenting on something in a way that <laughs> like slightly betrays what they think, right. but presenting it in a way that's like, oh, that's a compliment. Like, you just got your hair cut. Oh, that's different. <laughs> I grew up in a so, very small town, too, so I know it, <laughs> I know that kind of thought. <laughs> so, it's like you're like a part of the community, right? So, like, you... You you don't want to to endanger how you fit into this place, and in order for that to happen, right. sometimes that means that you have to very creatively let on or not let on what you actually <laughs> think about things. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and how long, you know, from the mo like, how long did it take to produce from you know the moment that you have this concept to you know the the live performance? Um, I guess I. Handed in a draft of the pilot, probably like February or March ish, and then um, it's been. We've done a few readings of it. Um, at one point, one of my reading groups, someone said, well, "You know, it would might do well to have music. Maybe not music in the way that like a Prairie Home Companion has music, but as like kind mm -hmm. of like a a linking or almost framing sort of device." And so um, we brought on Tommy Crawford who's just an incredible musician and he's been with the project now since oh my god i think may he and i have been kind of throwing around ideas of potential songs and tones and, and feelings and stuff that that could kind of bring the night to life so that was a very long answer for me basically <laughs> saying since february or march is when when this really kicked off <laughs> <laughs> Were there any sort of tweaks that you can see yourself or, you know, the cast making before the installment in September? Or was, you know, were you, was everything, you know, smooth sailing last night? Or was it last, was it last night? Was it? It was last, last night. night, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's there's a lot we learned um, last night and over the weekend as we rehearsed and did technical rehearsals. Mm -hmm. Um, about, like, the actual recording process. So we recorded live mm -hmm. in front of an audience, and this will be a podcast that people can download for free once that's fully mixed. Um, oh, that's so, awesome. like, 
for us, like the logistics of how to make that work was the biggest mm-hmm. kind of thing where now we're going into September prepared in a different sort of way and also being like, oh, okay, maybe it'll be easier on us to do this and to ensure that this happens. But as far as like the music went, it was great. As far as the cast went, I mean, they're incredible. So that was wonderful. And it's going to be a whole new episode next month. So um, it's going to be really exciting to see how everyone gets to kind of come into it now knowing who their character is and how they fit right. into this world and how that uh, affects how they kind of approach the new scenes and the little journeys that they're all going on. I'm really excited. Well, it, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, we, I hope we get to make it out to one. Um, unfortunately, my schedule is kind of crazy. so. Um, but no, it definitely I mean, sounds really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, we're going until January, so there's lots of time. Just let us know. We'll awesome. get you in. <laughs> Awesome. And can you just tell me a little bit about how writing and directing this, you know, differed from your previous projects like Puffs and Kapowagogo? Yeah. Well, so for Puffs and Kapowagogo, I um, was on the, just the producing side. So that's a lot of people management and it's a lot of giving like feedback on things like the script or like kind of staging stuff. But um, it's hands-on in a very different sort of way. This was mm-hmm. a lot more like having everyone ask the questions of me and me having to do one <laughs> clarifying for themselves, it, 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 like in a good sort of way, you know. When, right. When people ask you questions or ask you why you've made a choice or suggest something, it just keeps pushing your understanding of what you're working into a, mm-hmm. a much more focused sort of thing. So it was nice to be on the, the other side of the feedback this time. <laughs> I like that. And do you think, um, you know, you'll obviously you'll probably be doing a lot more writing um, in the future and still producing and keeping your hands in all sorts of different projects, I assume. Yes, 100%. I, I wear many hats, uh, and I really, I like it. No, I like it a lot because um, it, it helps make everything you do kind of have a, a, a new sort of feel to it, whereas if you're doing the same thing again and again, um, you kind of, your your brain doesn't flex quite the same. Right. And I think that, like, I think that producing has helped my writing, just like acting has helped my writing and my directing, you know, how I try to write roles where I'm like, okay, if, if I were to play this, would, like, the, would the key ingredients to this character be on the page for me in order to make sense of that? No? Okay, mm-hmm. so how do I fix that? What does this mean? Or, like, oh, this isn't quite reading. How do I give someone a direction that they can play in a way that like for them specifically is going to be helpful. Whereas this other person might need something else. So how do I gear what I'm doing for them based on experiences I've had of directors, either being able to give helpful information or give information that I kind of have to translate myself to make work, you know? Right. And you made your stage debut in the junior high production of Harvey and you haven't looked back. What was it about the stage (laughs) that grabbed you? That's hilarious that you found that. Uh, um, well, I, I, I like the challenge of it. I was always a very, very shy kid, and I was always really drawn to the theater. My dad would bring us to um, community theater productions in our hometown, and they would happen in this. Oh my God! It's this building called the Paramount, which is this turn of the century theater. And when he started bringing us to see it, it had recently started undergoing renovations. So 
we were in this old glamorous building that was being brought back to life. And so with each new production, you'd come in and like suddenly they would have restored all of the seats or suddenly they would have restored like the lighting fixtures on the walls or like the molding in the ceiling. And it was really cool because we'd be seeing these shows that I found really entertaining, but also be in this space that felt really magical and really right. bigger and more grand than than small town life, right? So um, I thought that that was so exciting. And yeah, I, I guess I came out of my shell as a person performing and uh, that's why I liked it. It's just exciting. Have you done, you know, any shows there yourself, you know, after you kind of fell in love with the magic of the Paramount Theater? I did. I did. Um, it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. I was in a production of Gypsy. I think that's actually the only thing that I've done there. I've seen a lot of things there, um, but I haven't really performed there much. And it was it, it was very strange, even at the age of 14, to, like, be on the other side because, you know. <laughs> like this thing that I built up so much and I like <laughs> seven, eight, nine year old. <laughs> That's great though. At least you got to, you know, be, you know, at the place that kind of like introduced you to, you know, this, this world that you're now, you know, having a really great career in. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And you've done quite a bit with the people's improv theater. How did you start working with them and what do you like best about doing shows there? Yeah, we came in doing Kapawi Gogo. Um, we, so I had gotten involved with that project doing uh, serials, which is this late night event that happens at the Fleet Theater. And Kevin, who was running the pit at the time, was directing for serials, and he really liked Kapawi Gogo, so he invited us to come along. And so it's been now, oh my God, like two, two and a half years of doing stuff there. I really like it because there's so much going on in the theater. There are, like, each night you have, like, between eight and ten different shows happening in the place, and they're ranging from improv to musicals to theater to stand-up to open mic night. So anytime you're there, it just it feels like you're in the middle of all of this creative energy, and I really really like that. I also really strangely like doing kind of um, fringy feeling theater in that like, you know, at the pit, all of your stuff has to fit in the storage boxes that you take away when you're not doing the show and you kind of pop up and you just pop down and there's, there's something really exciting about kind of like the, the dirtiness of that, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I totally get that. <laughs> And, you know, what, um, you know, the, your, the Harry Potter parody Puff just closed a successful run at Pitt and is scheduled for off-Broadway debut this fall. How does that feel yeah. as one of the show's, like, original producers to see it, you know, grow to the point that it's off-Broadway? It's really crazy. It's really crazy. I think <laughs> all of us are still wrapping our heads around the fact that, like, this thing that we've worked on is moving on in a bigger and more meaningful way because you mm -hmm. spend so much of your creative life doing all these things that you really care about that right. don't necessarily get a bigger audience. And so, because also, like, none of us on the creative team are, like, 
18, 19, 20 years old. We're all like late <laughs> 20s, early 30s. So it's also like a thing for us where it's just like shock. <laughs> like I'm excited, <laughs> but I haven't had a moment where I've like dumped up and down. and just like, this is crazy. Like, is this actually <laughs> happening? This is a very strange thing. <laughs> and what would your dream role be? You know, whether it's as an actor, as a director, like what would a dream role be for you? Oh, God. You mean from, like, something that's, like, already, like, existing that everyone knows what it is? Maybe, or you mean yeah. Or like, maybe in general, in life. In, in either whatever one you want to answer. You know, if it's something that, like, you have something that you've been thinking about for years that you want to, you know, work on in the future, or if it's, I'd love to be this character that people know. Hmm. Well, I guess, how about this? I'll give you two answers. If it was, <laughs> if it was something that's, like, pre-existing, I'd love to be... Uh, Prior Walter in Angels in America. I think that that is like one of the most amazing roles written um, in the American theater just because it's, it's everything. All of the highs, all of the lows. He gets to be really mm-hmm. funny and he gets to be really tragic and it's an incredible journey. Um, also, I just, I, I love doing comedy and I love playing characters in general. Like my dream role would be a, like a character whose life like straddles the line between comedy and tragedy <laughs> so right. much where you're not really sure if you can laugh or you should be crying. That to me is the most interesting and amazing thing to watch. And I'd love to do something like that. Great. Well, thank you for answering that. <laughs> and what is one play, <laughs> what's one play that you think everyone who comes to New York should see besides from Cold Lake, of course. Besides from Cold Lake. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think everyone should see Hamilton, and they should buy two tickets so that I can join them when they <laughs> see it. That would be um, great. Or, in general, I think anything happening at Playwrights Horizons is worth checking out. Most of the really exciting, memorable shows that I've experienced in New York have happened there. So, just Playwrights Horizons in general. All right, cool. And finally, what is next for Colin? What is next? Well, I have five more months of some cold life <laughs> to, uh, to keep writing and honing and making happen. Um, but I also, so I produce, and the thing I talked about before, Serial, the late night thing at the flea, I'm now one of the producers for that. So we have two more cycles, um, one in September and one in November at the flea theater. And it's just a really fun late night short play party, basically. People get beer and they go to their favorites and it's, it's way more fun than going to the theater should be. So that'll be my life. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Colin. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Thank you for having me. All right. This will be out um, in September, um, probably right before, because I figured it'd be good to put it out right before um, the next installment so that Perfect. You know, it'll be fresh for everybody. So I'll definitely send a link um, through Catherine. Great. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get that out to you as soon as it goes live. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. And we're back. We are back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <clears throat> so, 
in listening to Colin mm-hmm. and, you know, understanding where to, his drive comes from as far as, like, wanting to do this and stuff like that, having an acting background, what do you think you would base a show on if you had to do, like, a monthly, like, let's say, live play that was turned into a podcast situation? My relationship with my mom. Really? Yeah. So it would be a tragic comedy. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a tragic comedy. <laughs> but it would. <laughs> <laughs> because I just think that there's, like, a lot of fodder there. Like, there really is. And I know that, like, I talk, we talk about her, like, often, but, like... I just think that that's something that so many people, everyone, almost everyone in the world can relate to to, to a relationship of a child and a parent, especially a mother, especially it, an Italian mother, especially. I was say, <laughs> well, some parents are more special than others. <laughs> like, it's a special kind of parent. Yes. Like, what about you? Like, what would, what would you? Man, you see, now, we were talking before we did this show, and one of the things that we were discussing was the fact that you know, it's kind of neat how, you know, Colin went and said, I am I have an idea, but instead of going forward and making, like, a movie out of it or something or play. that, yeah. like, he was like, I'm going to do, like, a radio show format, like a, like a live radio mm-hmm. show format. And has live music and everything like that. Yeah, and bring back, like, that medium that has been basically forgotten for a pretty long time. Right. I mean, there are podcasts which are just like us and just talking and stuff but not a lot of like shows like actual shows in podcast forms and i think that like too you know especially now like that type of medium can be sent out so much differently like you could videotape it and stream it you could record it you know and have it like you know you could have the video from it so i think that that's really interesting that like it's able to like get out even more so that like you're listening to it. You have the option of listening to it like you're just listening to us talk right now. But then, in you know, in my sick voice, and then... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I need a glass of water. <laughs> Go on. What was this? I forget. But I think, like, just that I think it's really cool that, like, you know, they ha- you have the option of watching it, too, you know? And I think that's right. really cool. Well, with that in mind, like, I think that if I was going to go back to the archives of something and, like, try to recreate it for, like, a radio show. I think I would do something maybe more a little sci-fi, like a little sci-fi, maybe, like, uh, like mysterious, some weird thing. Because, yeah. I mean, we've talked about, like, War of the Worlds mm-hmm. and, you know, its success. I feel like um, if I were to do something like this, maybe it would be, like, that kind of guerrilla campaign where like it's not announced as a radio show or anything like that and some try some t- somehow try to break you in. just hope that somebody picks picks like, it up and thinks it's like a yeah. real situation i have a feeling that i would have panicked because like i remember when like y2k happened and i was like working oh for a phone company like a phone and cable company and i was like so panicked like i'm not working that night i'm not doing anything near technology and like it was such a bust it was and and i got so pissed because i didn't work that night and everybody who did who like sucked because like they had a full staff everybody got like really nice fleeces 
for, for working. For what? Watching the clock turn to Pretty midnight? Pretty much, yeah. Because they all thought, because Good everybody Lord. thought that like the whole system was going to go down. And then like midnight happened and nothing happened. And, and meanwhile, you're at home watching TV with your fingers crossed, making believe it's like a snow day. Honestly. Like, let the technology <laughs> just fall apart so that I can just have the day off. I was like, it's going to happen. I mean, maybe something along the lines of even, and, you know, let me just go ahead and trademark this right now, of like some kind of Amber Alert type thing might be kind of fun. Where you could just, what? I don't know, where you could just That's say like, terrible. oh, I know it's terrible. But, I mean, we live in times now where you cannot do something like necessarily wholesome and get like people listening to, like, if I did, if, if I did a radio show right now. And I just did it about, like, you know, growing up in Long Island. Like, oh, this is me about a fishing hole and catching some fish with my grandpa's. I think that, you know, a lot of people who know me aren't going to listen to that yeah, for very they're long. Not, yeah. They're going to just be like, dude. You're darker than that. And everybody knows not that, you. Yeah. So if people who know me heard me announce something like, let's say, an Amber Alert. And they're not necessarily like, sure it's know, me. I'm sorry. I need to know. some detail, some dark details I need to know the it. context of, like, what you're talking about. Like, is she abducted by, like, a pack of wild dogs? Like, because, like, this is kind of, I don't like, think you very know. horrible. I don't think you know. And I think you just say maybe this person was, you know, found at the edge of the woods, you know, the last time they were seen. And they disappeared. And there's a silver car involved. And we're not really sure of the license plate yet. But Your like, it's eyes a, are scaring me right now. But, I mean, maybe you say, oh, maybe you say, like, oh, it's a, it's like a... Just an old, like, rusted Jalopy. out, like, you know, white van. Like a rapist van. Of course, like a rapist van. <laughs> what else what kind of van would it be? The if I just said, window. if I was like, oh, it's like, you know, it's a Mark III with Captain Chaz, you'd be <laughs> like, well, it sounds like a very lovely trip for this young lady. Maybe they're taking an adventure across country. We, we had a van like that when I was a kid. <laughs> the rape one or the Mark III one? Like the Mark III. Oh, okay. Well, that's not, not scary, see? I'd want to hear about, like, the windowless van Ooh. that was parked, like, you know, just outside of, like, the school the schoolyard and then the girl went okay, missing okay, and then maybe uh, that's the show and but maybe you just announce like police bulletin break it in and then like you go into like this whole detail about this thing and people are going to be like oh my god you hear about that girl that got abducted today and it'll be like it trending <laughs> it'll be like you know it's weird because that sounded like tom's voice i don't think there was really a girl abducted maybe in his mind there was a girl abducted because you know the things that go on in there oh my god you are <laughs> sick 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 man <laughs> But maybe that will be it. Who knows? All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not something that I don't be able to like set up like in a play format because I think that I would have to be hidden because I think I would be smiling too much thinking I'd be getting them over yeah, on the crowd. You'd be laughing at a missing kid. Like you'd be laughing, lying about a missing kid too much. You are sick. <laughs> oh my God. Whatever. <laughs> Moving Whatever. along. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying I want a real kid to get hurt. Just like a fake kid. Oh my God, a fake kid. You could, you could get a fake kid anywhere. You could totally get a fake kid. <laughs> this is it? You just point at my soda bottle, you make fun of me? I think that this is something that you... You should come to your psychiatrist with that on Tuesday. This is what she needs. <laughs> this is what she... After all the conversations that her and I have, she needs to hear about, like, the imaginary problems that I have. <laughs> because the real ones aren't enough. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like every time I go into this woman, that could be turned into a radio show, and she can go and say, you know, hey, um, like, what's going on this week? And I feel every time I walk in, it's like, 
man, you are not going to believe <laughs> that it is, this week is crazier than last week. And this week when I actually went there, I told her up front, I was like, I swear, I keep thinking I'm going to come in here one day and just be like, let's catch up on some maintenance stuff that we discussed <laughs> like a while ago and like revisit those things. Because every time I come in here, it's just a shitload of new issues that just constantly keep coming in. You're like a case study, or you should be. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what half the subjects are based on? Me. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) You know it. But the good thing is when I go in there and I talk about you, I can come home and give you free therapy based on my paid therapy. And I'm all about free. (laughs) Well, you have to be right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's the that's the payoff of you know getting to be a stay at home stay at homer. <laughs> stay at home, stay at homer. Yep. I think I like the term stay at home whatever. Stay at home whatever. It sounds good. That's that about sums it up really. It does sum it up. I mean, maybe with that said, you could start your own radio show. I could just pitch you with a bunch of props, just like clacking things together and stomping around just to piss the people upstairs off. <laughs> like knocking on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I would like, if I did do something like that, I would want to have like an old-timey radio voice. Well, just keep uh, talking with your sick voice <laughs> and then, you know, we'll turn into one. Like, see? See here? Well, I don't know if it will do that. That seems like it would take a little more than just having a summer cold. I feel like I'm going to like, I have to cough again from doing it. Don't cough we until the show is over. I will not. Okay, good. So, let's talk a little more about Colin. Yes, let's get back to <laughs> Colin, who was kind enough to speak to the High Regard show this week. <laughs> yeah, we should like definitely like bring him back into the fold again. <laughs> so, like now, he says it's not based off anybody he knows. Right. And, uh, you know, you spoke to him. You believe him? <laughs> I do. I do because he was very like adamant about that saying that like, you know, it's completely fictional um, because he said like he talked about his mother, um, you know, so it's just I I honestly like I I believe him. I'm sure like I said, like, you know, some of it informed like just some things like maybe like a moment that he saw like at some point in his life that like is going to come to life at some point during the show. So so you know where you lose me when somebody gets adamant about something. Well, he, I didn't say he got animate, but you I'm You did. Like, I'm going to replay it back. <laughs> he was very, like, adamant about that, saying that, like, you know, it's completely fictional. All right. See? Mm-hmm. So when you say he gets animate about something, I automatically think, like, that's when you're taken in by the police. And they're, like, going, were you there for this crime? And you're like, no, man. No, I wasn't. God, you're ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, if your mom said, hey, is any of your podcast based on me? And you'd be like, no, no, no way. And it's like going, <laughs> man, you know it is. <laughs> but only the good stuff, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Only good stuff ever. So how did he come to make this only six shows? Like, did he know, like, right from the beginning, do you think, that it's going to be six shows, this is how I'm laying it out, and it's not going to be no more, no less? (laughs) I don't know, Tom. Well, what the the hell happens? I heard heard the interview. interview? I heard the interview. I'm just, you know, sometimes I am fascinated by the process of before times. 
Maybe you, you know. need to get laid off so that you can start <laughs> coming on the interviews with me. <laughs> and then what will we do? We'll have Tyler Durden run on a wheel just to produce the electricity it takes <laughs> to like actually put the show like we need it. <laughs> I think it's just that like, you know, it's a lot of work, like what he said. Like there's a lot of moving parts. Like there's live music. There's, you know, the actors. There's recording. And like how he explained, you know, that like he was in a different spot because this is so different than being an actor. Like he's you know, the it guy for this. So, like, there's so many, you know, moving parts that, like, I keep saying that. I feel like that's this week's word of the week. It might be. It might be. Let's see. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, so I just think that, like, you know, it's a, it is. Like, you're talking, like, it's six hours. Yeah, that's a lot of content. So, yeah, so. And, in a way, I feel like that has been the new way of success lately. Like, every time you turn on, let's say, you know, Hulu or Netflix, like we talked about last week, it seems like it's these, it's basically one long story. It's a six-hour story, Mm -hmm. but it's broken down into, like, six shows. And one of the things, too, that he said was, you know, that it's, it's, it's basically, like, six vignettes that are just standalone, they're completely different, and, you know, I think, like, they have the same characters and stuff, but, like, you don't have to see, like, if you didn't make the first one, you're not going to be lost when you go to the second one because there's like a fully fleshed out new story. So I think like that's really interesting. And like they'll have a Halloween edition, an election and the holidays coming up. So like I, you know, like they're going to touch on how those kind of things touch this town in Minnesota. Hmm, I see. Your face after you were done explaining that, you looked very satisfied that you were like able to like get that all out in like one yeah. breath. Yeah. And the fact that you went uninterrupted for almost two minutes for like the first it time wasn't in show two history. Minutes. I've never been able to talk for two minutes straight. <laughs> you wouldn't allow it. <laughs> you know, what I find weird is the fact is that like he has like a lot invested in this as far as like resources. Like you said, music, actors, mm-hmm. sounds, and you know, the time that goes into like writing, preparing, and mm-hmm. everything else. And then it's being given away for free on, you know, like, you know, on for download and stuff like that. It just seems like automatically he should be able to charge for it. Okay. Like, I guess. Well, it just seems like, because it seems like a lot of work, because you know what goes into putting this particular show yes, I together. Yes, do. I do. a lot of stress. <laughs> a lot of stress. A lot of stress. <laughs> and I feel like going, what he's doing takes a lot more than what we're doing. Well, yeah, because it's, you know, there's so many more moving parts. <laughs> Is it? Oh, my. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Here we go. Knowing is half the battle, Nikki. So, indeed, yes. So, what would you like to talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> so again, like, are we ready for to move along or to what? To did you know? Would you like to move on to did Should you know? We? we could move on to did you know if you would like to. Would you like to go do a did you know yeah, right now? Let's just give a little bit more. Um, you know, so from Cold Lake is going to take place on September. <clears throat> oh my god, I'm sorry. Will it? That's an actual date? Mark your calendars, everybody. <clears throat> it's coming. <laughs> on September 12th at 7.30 and 9 p.m. at the Pit Loft on West 29th Street. For more information, we'll have a link in our bio as we as we usually do. Yes. You can visit thepit-nyc.com slash coldlake to find out more about From Cold Lake. All right. 
and we urge you to do so. As Colin was nice enough to support the High Regard Show, we would like in return if listeners would definitely go and fill the seats of his show as well. And with that, let's roll into this week's... Go ahead, Nikki. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know the broadcasts of live drama, comedy, music, and news that characterized the golden age of radio had a precedent in the... (laughs) What? Wait till you hear this word. A precedent in a theotheropophone commercially. <laughs> Start over. What? <laughs> you know, sometimes I hate this segment so much. Because I didn't know before I wrote this thing out. So it doesn't mean I know so all the words. So do you not reread it? Like, do you I not reread read it? it like a hundred times before do I come you? on the show? I really, really do. And in Make my head, the... I'm like going, it sounds so smooth and elegant. Make the print bigger so you could read it better. It's not even that. It's sometimes the words that they say. It's kind of <laughs> like, oh, let me, let me tell you about a device that was discontinued <laughs> in 1932. Allow They're me to tell you about words. it. They're quarter words. They're quarter words. Whatever. All right. So. They're $2 bill words. (laughs) Allow me to restart. The broadcasts of live drama. Go ahead. Laugh your ass off. I don't even care no more. The broadcasts of of live drama, comedy, music, and news that characterized the golden age of radio had a precedent in the theotrope phone commercially introduced in Paris in 1890 and was available as late as 1932. So what's it called? It's called a theotrope phone. Theotrope phone? Theotrope phone. And what is it? Well, it's a device. (laughs) (laughs) Every question I ask, you don't have the answer to. I do. Which allowed subscribers to eavesdrop on live stage performances and hear news reports by means of a network of telephone lines. The development of the radio eliminated the wires and subscription charges from this concept. Oh, look at that. Did I have a response to your question? Look at me being the professional podcaster. Oh, well, mm, I guess it's the first time for everything. Mm, Well, as long as it's this time, that makes me (laughs) correct again. That's all that matters, doesn't it? (laughs) On Christmas Eve in 1906, you remember. (laughs) (laughs) Reginald Fessenden is said to have broadcast the first radio program consisting of some violin playing and passages from the Bible. Sounds riveting. <laughs> did you hear that one? I did. Sounds riveting. Uh, no, the not Bible that one. I, that's a part. I thought I didn't know if you heard the actual show though. All right, what do I know of it? Stab you in the face. <laughs> While Fessenden's role as an inventor and early radio ex experimenter is not in dispute several contemporary radio researchers have questioned whether the christmas eve broadcast took place or whether that date was in fact several weeks earlier what scandal 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 over the airwaves Mm -hmm. i feel like that alone could be its own show if you position it properly i feel that could be too oh yeah church involved i feel like it's like a religious aspect kind Mm -hmm. of you know probably some kind of harlot Maybe. There's always a A, a wanton loose slut, perhaps. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that language. In the same line as the church. Are you kidding me? No wonder why you're going to hell. Since 1906 broadcast, we have come a long way. Have from 
I feel like we have. Yeah, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> From albums to TV, and now onto this medium of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's a it's a thing. <laughs> Not as big as we'd like it to be, but it's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed over the years, but as most things do in the entertainment world, an updated format of a once successful formula is back in fashion. And that is this week's... You want to say it? No. Did you know? <laughs> Did you know? Me oh my, look at us. We're just trailblazing right through this week. We are. See? Why are we trailblazing through this week? Because it's a holiday weekend, man. Yeah, man. We want to party like the rest of you guys. We don't want to be sitting here behind microphones in an unacknitioned room. Exactly. Sweat running down my back rolls. Ew. Well, whatever, man. All right. All right. So with that said, I think that, you know, it's going to be an early show tonight. Yeah. I think we're ready to wrap it up. Yes, we are. Wrap Wrap it up. Oh, man. We should have cut before we got to that <laughs> part of the show. But you didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> My God, you poor people. <laughs> if you want to learn more about the High Regard Show, please check us out at highregardshow.com. And as always, you can reach us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And join the fun on our social media at High Regard Show. Yes, and please check us out on iTunes and rate us and what else do we want them to do? SoundCloud. Yeah, and throw a comment up. Like, if you listen to the show, just anywhere on the show, just be like, hey, guys, I'm listening to the show. It sounds, like, really good, except for the fact that that word of the day bell just keeps ringing around. <laughs> but we haven't done that in a while, so. And we did have a lot of moving parts this week. We really did. Thank you very much to Colin. Yes, Colin, thank you so much, and we're really excited to see from Cold Lake. Yes, we we are actually are, because we don't usually get to go to events, but I feel like with this event, it's planned so far out in advance. Yeah. Even we can make it. And we never get out. No, we never get out. We're shut-ins. We are. I feel like, yeah, we really are. <laughs> and my microphone is falling, so I really feel like we need to end the show before you have a tantrum. Oh, Christ, again with the microphone. I'm holding it, but I don't know how long. Say goodnight, Nikki. Goodnight, Nikki. Goodnight, everyone. Everybody's a dreamer And everybody's a star And everybody's in movies It doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And if you walk